It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807 on a Saturday morning, 73 degrees still outside. Not much changing the weather for the rest of the day. Overcast, you heard Brad talk about it just a minute ago. We'll have our full weekend forecast in just a few minutes as well. Coming up is Kay in Decula, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Kay, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fabulous. How can I help? Well, I planted daisies all along the walkway, and the first year they did fine. This past year they were beautiful, but then they started to die off, and so I deadheaded them, and now they're the whole, all the plants are dead. <laughs> do, do, do you mean Shasta daisy or Gerber daisy or some other plant that people call daisies? What? No, it's Shasta daisy. Shasta daisy. It's, it's the, the, the lower-growing one. Though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it looks like they have mold all over them, and I don't know if I should just dig them up or plant new ones, or if I should see if they come back next year. I have seen powdery mildew on Shasta daisy, not frequently, but it seems enough that that is likely what you have, because Shasta daisy with powdery mildew would sort of very gradually just die down, disappear, don't come back, don't like it okay. anymore. So that's okay. what my guess is, is powdery mildew. Okay, so I should just dig them up then? If they're looking bad and sort of shriveled up real badly around the rosette, yeah, I think we need to dig them up and replace them with something that doesn't get powdery mildew so bad, like uh, cone flowers might be a good idea. Um, okay. What else would be good? I, I, need, I need something about 12 inches high that will take some that will, like, line a walkway. Uh-huh. And, and has it got a lot of sun or shade, or what's it look like there? Oh, it's all sun. Oh, I was going to suggest coleus. My coleus have done just fabulously well this year, but not the ones in the sun. The ones that are in the shade just look great right now. Running right. out the pike, get some um, agastache, agastac, however you pronounce that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of what else Ag they're going to have right now. You've got daylilies, of course, but they're only going to bloom that one or two times. Maybe some of uh, the re yeah. repeat blooming, happy returns daylily wouldn't be a bad idea to put there. They are tough. Yeah, they take I, all the I have, give them. Yeah, I have some of those up by the uh, up at the top, but I wanted I wanted something light that went down around. Well, you can, from Decula, you can always run over across the city to West Cobb and talk to Mickey Gasway. We'll talk to her in just a few minutes, and maybe she's listening right now. We'll have a couple of suggestions for a full sun place next to the driveway, and we'll get some flowers going back there again. Thank you so much. Hey, it's great. It's great talking to you, Kay. You're breaking up just a little bit, but we will see you soon, if not before. We've got uh, Rebecca and McDonough who joins us. Hey, Rebecca. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. How can I help? Uh, my husband and I, we moved into a house about two summers ago, and we thought there was a dogwood in our backyard. Um, last spring, when it bloomed, it was pink, and there was only like six blooms on it. Yeah. This spring, it had a lot more blooms, but it bloomed red. Get out of here. Yeah, I thought that was kind of... <laughs> I don't know much about trees or plants or anything. I'm trying to learn yeah. um, since this is our first home, and I want to have... I'm trying to do landscaping on my own. Right, and and you're very observant. Even though you don't know much about trees and plants and things, you know it's not the right thing to do when it blooms <laughs> right. pink one time and red the next year. That's not right. Come on. 
And I mean, I don't even know if there's different types of dogwoods. The only, and you know, it's, it's short. I, I really think it's a young one. It's probably not more than six or seven feet, and it yeah. hasn't spread out or thinned out or anything. It's well, all still just one big together. It, it's certainly true. There are different varieties of dogwoods that are different color uh, flower. There are pink ones and there are red ones. I always consider very red. Some of the Indian-named dogwoods are very, very red with their flowers. And, of course, the white ones. You all know what white dogwoods look like in the spring. But... What caused it to be pink one year and red the next could be a, still a little bit of establishment stress on it, although we don't know how old it is, really and truly, being in the ground there. Right. And like I said, we bought the house, it was two years ago this summer, and I it looked like they had done a lot of landscaping and yard work and everything yeah. before we bought it when, it when the company was trying to sell it. Sure. So are, and, is the tree healthy right now? Does it have a lot of leaves on it? Look pretty good right now? Oh, it does. It, it's a ton of leaves. I think you're going to just wait till next spring. We'll see what happened. So um, <laughs> will it, it, it will it maybe change color another time or two? Or? Uh, I don't know. I'm sort of hard. I'm, I'm saying it's difficult to predict. We're just going to wait till April next year. You call me then and say, you know, I talked to you back in August last year. I had pink and then red. And now it's all polka dotted or whatever it does. <laughs> All right. Is there any kind of special care it needs? You're giving it whatever it is. If it's healthy right now, you're doing the right thing for it. You don't need much fertilizer if it's uh, growing near a lawn. Usually they get enough fertilizer from the from the lawn fertilizer you put out, so nothing really special to be done other than maybe in dry, dry, dry weather, watered a couple of times. That's about all. Okay, all right. And one more quick question. Sure. We Our front yard has a lot of trees, and there's a lot of shade, and I have a patch where nothing grows. There's no grass. Mm -hmm. What kind of, what could I plant there kind of for long cover? Because our house is kind of on a hill, so when it rains, there's a lot of erosion. I love autumn fern. Autumn fern is evergreen. It grows in the shade. It's tough. It doesn't get stressed too much by drought. It's just an awesome plant. So autumn fern, one of my favorites. Uh, Okay. Okay. Um, All right. Let me think of another one. You could do Christmas fern in there too. Again, shade doesn't matter. Tough, good plant. Christmas fern is not a bad idea. I'm sure there are more. The variegated Solomon seal is great during the spring and summer, and then it dies. The foliage dies back in the winter time, so it's not there all the time like a autumn fern would be. But uh, what else would be a good evergreen plant in there? There are a couple more, but if you go to my website, tell you what to do, Rebecca. If you go to my website, uh, under the landscaping tab, it has plant lists. And in the plant list category, I've got probably 15 different articles of different plants for different situations. Trees for screening and evergreens that are that have fragrant flowers and various other categories. You can look on there and see if there's a, a flower that fits your needs. University of Georgia has a great publication, a couple of great publications, one on annuals for Georgia gardens, and the other one is called uh, Landscape Plant Material for Georgia Gardens. You can get both of those just by downloading from the UGA website. I have links to it on my website as well. So try that, and uh, then we'll see see if you don't have something nice looking there next spring. Thanks for calling, Rebecca. I've got time for, I believe, one more call before we get out of here. Emily comes to us from Lawrenceville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Emily, good morning. Show every week. Well, thank you. Um, I have a patch of, um, a pretty healthy patch of bee balm. Yeah. Uh, it's five years old at least, and it grows up to about four foot tall. Good. Well, it's through blooming now, but it's got the little pods at the top, and it sort of looks 
messy, ratty looking, you know. <laughs> so can I neaten that up, or am I hurting it in any way? You won't hurt it at all. Okay. We're getting toward the end of the growing season, and around about now, in, in mid-August, plants go, start their their progress towards senescence, which means their progress toward turning brown when the frost comes or when they just don't like living in that area anymore. And bee balm is such a tough plant, generally speaking, that you could cut it back right now and it won't even remember what you did to it next spring when it comes back again. Okay. Should I just leave those seed things on the ground, or is there actually any benefit, like for birds or anything, from that? There's always benefit for birds, and so yeah, I would take, cut them off, maybe stick them, stick them in the ground nearby, or put it on top of a post and, and staple okay. them down. I have a staple gun. Sometimes I will take okay. coneflower seeds and shasta daisy flower heads when they're faded, and just sort of staple them to posts so the birds can get to them. That's a that's a okay. good way to use. Walter, them. is there any way? I, I know with chrysanthemums you can pinch those back. Mm-hmm. Is there any way to uh, pinch back the bee balm to make it a little shorter? Yes, yes, great idea. The tall ones tend to get sort of floppy, and as you yes. already observe right now, they're looking ugly anyway. But if you wait in the spring till they're about, let me hold my hands in front of the microphone here, until they're about 12 inches tall and pinch out the growing top of them, it'll okay. re-sprout there, give you three or four sprouts that'll come out, and you might even be able to pinch them another time in mid-June when they get about 8 to 10 inches long, and then they'll be real bushy and not tall and floppy. Okay. Okay. All righty. I really enjoy them. I know the bees enjoy yeah, them, especially sure the bumblebees. But anyway, it's a it's, uh, nice thing to see them. Just working them, making them wave all during the summer. So and look, also there are a couple of dwarf varieties of bee balm, and I don't remember offhand some of the names of the varieties. But if you do a little searching online, I'm sure if you okay. type in dwarf bee balm, they'll give you some that only get to about a foot or a foot and a half, maybe. Okay, these were just bonnie plants, uh-huh. and um, I just got them, you know, out of the herb section and I have really enjoyed them. Yeah, bee balm's a great plant. Like you say, the pollinators come and like being in, in you know, getting nectar from the flowers. So it's a great mm-hmm. plant. Good I have several plant. colors. My goal is to try to get the red. I think the red really uh, tweaks the eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't find it's as hardy as the other is. Hmm. I mean, I, you know, I've grown the red a lot and it will last you know, two, maybe three years if I'm lucky. But oh, the other okay. colors I only see in other people's gardens. So I don't know how many times they'll come back or whether they stay yeah. permanent for a yeah. long time. Okay. I'll just keep enjoying them. Thanks for calling Thank in. Bye bye. Coming up in the next few minutes, we'll have uh, Brenda McDonough wants to know how do you get rid of mint? Brenda is not exactly happy with that plant. Even though it smells good, she doesn't like it anymore. Craig and Winder has a banana tree and wants to know a little bit more about its care. Robert needs a suggestion for a good border shrub in Sandy and Alpharetta. Wants to know, is it too late? Is it too late to sod Bermuda grass? We'll have answers to all those questions as well as yours at 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Well, Scott, this is not exactly the rock and roll I'm normally expecting to hear, but it's pleasant music nonetheless. Thank you. Thank you. 
A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, Ashley's taking the day off, and so is the sunshine today. Pretty much partly cloudy throughout the day. Highs in the very low 90s. Not a big chance of rain, maybe 30%. And the lows tonight are the highs tonight in the high 60s. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We've got Robert in Atlanta, and Robert joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Robert, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I got a question. I need I needed some type of border. Uh, whether it doesn't have to be necessarily thick, like where you can't see through it. Yeah. Uh, before I had uh, Leland Cypress and the power company come in and chop them all down. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need something somewhere between six that'll, that I can either prune back or that will grow six to ten, twelve feet high at the very most. Yeah. But yeah, yet yeah. still kind of bushy. I think a nice emerald green arborvitae would fit, fit the bill perfectly. What is that again? Arborvitae is the name of the plant, arborvitae. Okay. And emerald green is the variety name that stays, generally speaking, small, although my friends Bruce and Shannon, when I asserted on the radio one morning, it's been a couple of months now, I said, oh yeah, they never get above 10 feet tall, and both of them sent me pictures of thing of emerald green arborvitae that were in the 18 to 20 foot tall, but they were been there in a place for 25 years and most likely you're going to move away sometime, Robert. So, What what type of spacing is, are those? Do you have any idea right off hand? Uh, let's see. Let me hold again. I do a lot of gesturing to the microphone some days here at the studio. Oh, that's, that's fine. I, can, I mean, I can look it up. Or, yeah, or I would say it's going to be around six to eight feet, something like that, depending on how soon you need the coverage to be. If it's you really need coverage immediately because somebody's got their boat parked in the backyard or something, <laughs> then you put them a little closer. And if you don't really care about how much total coverage you get, you can put them a little further away and save some money. Okay, one more quick question, and I'll let you go. Uh, those little bitty, I call them June birds, they look like a mini June bird. They, yeah. get, on, they get on roses, yeah. and uh, i got a, like a cherry-type tree out there. Sure. They've got the red leaves on it. I think it's a cherry tree. Yeah. But either way, what can I do about those? Any particular, mm. I mean, any... <laughs> Main you, thing theoretically, I you could spray. I mean, those are Japanese beetles. That's what you have, Japanese, Japanese beetles. beetles. There we go. Yeah. And uh, they feed, like you said, on roses and cherry trees and plums and apples sometimes right. as exactly. well. So and if you wanted to spray with a garden insecticide, you could. I'd probably get one of the insecticide products you screw on the end of a garden hose and just point it up in the tree on a day when it's calm and the wind doesn't blow anything around. But to be truthful, the population of Japanese beetles, in my observation, has just plummeted in the last two or maybe three years. I don't get near the calls that I used to get about They're Japanese all beetles house. all over my garden. I never get anything. I ne you're maybe the first one for the summer to talk about Japanese yeah, beetles. My whole yard, every one of the rose bushes out front, uh, every one of the trees out, out on the side, everything's covered. Wow. What covered part of Atlanta do you live in, Robert? I actually live in Athens. I'm in Atlanta when okay. I call, but I'm actually in, near Athens hmm. where I actually live at. Yeah. But like I say, from here, from Atlanta, I just don't get nearly the Japanese beetle calls that I did. You can get, if you want something interesting to do, I'm not necessarily going to control them, but you can get these little bait bags that you can right, put yeah. in the corners mm -hmm. of the yard. It'll pull them somewhat effectively away from the from the plants in the yard, but it also pull in some other Japanese beetles from your neighbor's yards who want to see what you have that <laughs> smells so good. So uh, you can do that if you want to, but honestly, most times it's not even worth trying to control them. They'll, the population varies enough that it might be next year you have hardly any. 
Okay, and the, the last thing that was emerald. What was it again? Emerald green. Emerald green arborvitae. Arborvitae. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for calling, Robert. Yes, sir. It's eight twenty-seven on a Saturday morning. Don't forget, if you want to learn more about gardening and what's going on in the landscape, you can subscribe to my free email newsletter. It comes out every two weeks on Thursdays. It has all sorts of articles about things that happen in the garden and pictures of things that folks want identified. And I have a lot of fun doing that. You can follow me on Twitter at Walter Reeves. Or you can go to Facebook, the Georgia Gardener Facebook page. Give a like there. You get postings again throughout the week to tell you what you can be doing in your garden then. All that, you can see it right on the front page at WalterReeves.com. It's 828. We'll be back right after news. Day is night. I should be sleeping like a love. But when I get home to you, I find the things that you do will make me feel it's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 836, 73 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to answer your questions about whatever's going on in your garden. If you have a problem, an insect, a disease, or just want to brag on how pretty things are, you can call me at 404-872-0750. Brenda is out at McDonough, and Brenda joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Brenda, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help? Um, I have a, a problem with pervasive mint. Um, <laughs> my husband planted these this these uh, flowers in my garden uh, at a, around 2000, and I've tried Roundup. I've tried cutting them back. I've tried pulling them out, and I can't get rid of the mint. They're just growing and growing and growing. So <laughs> can you give me some suggestions have, on how uh, I can get rid of it? I have a favorite memory whenever I smell mint leaves when I see a patch and I crush a leaf put it to my nose. It reminds me, it takes me straight back to when I was 10, 9, 10 or 11 years old maybe. And, of course, in the, in the, in the rural part of the country where I lived in Fayette County, you never had air conditioning. No, you just kept the windows up at night. You might have a fan or something to move air around the bedroom. But there was a patch of mint right below the bedroom window. And the dogs would come and lie in the mint. And the smell of the mint would come through the bedroom window. And so now whenever I smell mint, I think about how pleasant it was on a late you know, weekday uh, evening that I would be in bed and smell the mint and think that I could hear the cows moving off in the distance, hear dogs barking here and there. And that's the kind of memory that mint brings back to me, which well, doesn't mean a bit to somebody else who wants to get rid of the darn stuff because it's all over the garden. It's such an invasive yes. plant. That's why it could survive the dogs lying on it all the time. Um, yes. Pulling it to me has been the best. I have not gotten great results with uh, Roundup either. And I've got a little patch beside my tomatoes in the backyard, and I pulled it and pulled it and pulled it just to get it out of the way. And it's diminished, or at least it hadn't gotten any bigger over the last mm. two or three years. So I don't have a magic bullet. I can only uh, say that you can pull it and pull it and pull it, and eventually maybe it'll go away. Yeah. Well, it's multiplied. multiplied. Those roots are so long. Um, well, you know, who, plan who planted years. it, Brenda? After all, your husband was the one who planted it, right? Yes, but he didn't know. Well, say it's his problem to get out of the garden. <laughs> say, honey, I give you two weeks to get all the men out of my garden. That's what you say. Yeah. Oh, well, 
Okay. All right, Brenda. Sorry I couldn't, right. couldn't get it exactly, but that's what I would do. Take it out of the garden by the handfuls and let your husband yeah. do most of that work. Okay, thank you. You bet. Thanks for calling. Every Saturday morning, of course, we visit with Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery. Mickey's with us this morning. Hey, Mickey, good morning. Good morning, and she's late because she got in traffic. Oh, no, but you can call me on. I don't know if I want you driving around talking on the phone and talking about the I know, I know. Well, I started to, and I thought, well, I'll be there in just a minute. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. Do you have any better solutions for what to do about mint in the garden and how to control it in the garden? About mint? Mint, yeah. Oh, my gosh, what a thug. <laughs> uh, no, I've got it in my herb garden, yeah. and this fall, when everything, when I get through doing it, I'm taking all the good stuff out, and I'm going to spray it. I probably have to spray it two or three times, hmm. and then I've got one of my teenage grandsons that's going to come over and dig it up for me. That's how you do it. Well, I assigned this lady this caller just now for her husband to come out and take it up because he's the one who planted it in there. Original well, I think thing. that's I think that's fair. <laughs> of course, it's fair. It's got to be fair. Let your husband do all the work, and that's you do the supervising. Right. You're a better supervisor than anybody than Stan. Certainly, Stan's a good <laughs> hole digger and pruner and carry <laughs> things around her and that sort of thing. But you can supervise. You do a great that's job right. with that. That's right. Thing. So let's talk about the pike pick for the weekend. It's what it ranges. is? Hmm. Mickey? Yes, I said it's hydrangeas. Oh, it's hydrangeas, and then you stopped, and I was expecting something else. So all your hydrangeas, all, all the, the hydrangeas, all the, uh, the vanilla strawberries and yeah. the limelights and the strawberry vanillas and the, uh, no, strawberry sundae, that's yeah. what it is, and um, plus the um, endless summers and the Nico Blues, all the hydrangeas. Did I mention last weekend about how impressed I was with the hydrangeas that are blooming in the Oakland Cemetery? No, you didn't. Boy, oh boy, are they doing a great job. It looks great over there. And I was just seeing, the, I guess they're limelight or some other panicle hydrangea. And Oakland Cemetery was just lit up with flowers. It really oh. was pretty. <clears throat> was it the paniculata? Yeah. One of those? Yeah. I love yeah. them. They've yeah. just been, that and the Oakleys have just really done great this year. And so they're 20% off at Pike Nurseries. Right. What else do you need? Get out and get some hydrangeas. That's right. If you choose the right ones, I mean, you could have hydrangea flowers. Um, really, you could from, have them from um, spring or late spring through all. And then the, as they dry, they're still pretty. They're still there. pretty. I was just thinking that you could, a, a snowball viburnum would give you a first of the spring bloom, and then the regular mop head lace cats, that would give you some middle spring to early summer, maybe even mid to late summer. And then the panicle hydrangeas like we have right now, the limelights and the strawberry sundae and the rest of them give flowers on through this time of year. Man, oh man, yeah, we can yeah, have flowers can. all the time. Huh, 20%. All right, 20%. Go. I think I could find a couple of places in my landscape that a hydrangea would fit. So remember, everybody, you've got to go to the cashier and say, this is Mickey's Pike Pick. This is what Mickey said was a Pike Pick, and this will be a fabulous time to get some good-looking hydrangeas at a great price. That's right. I noticed, Mickey, did you have any winter damage to your mop head or lace cap hydrangeas this year? Um, I, I, I did. I did. Unfortunately, I have the last two years, uh -huh. and yeah. I think most everybody else. Have you? Did you? It was really interesting that the amount of protection determined how much damage Absolute. they got. Absolutely. The ones that were out in the <laughs> sort of open where they got a lot of sun, a lot of exposure to the weather, not a bloom on them, and the ones that are underneath the edges of a cherry tree got a little bit of shade, a little bit of protection from the house that's thereby, is uh, standing nearby, and it uh, they bloom fabulously well. Pink hydrangeas. That's what I've awesome. got some between my house. In a fence, there's a a, a walkway that goes mm -hmm. uh, through there, and I've got I've got they're they're doing good. And the ones lower down on the um, 
on the plant do well, too. Yeah, and I think I would advise everybody that if you've got good foliage, they're healthy, they simply got the flowers frozen off in the wintertime, wait That's till right. next year, and they'll be done. Well, so let's summarize here. we got hydrangeas of all kinds, Pike Nursery, any location of Pike Nursery, 20% off. Tell the cashier. Are there any classes going on, Mickey? Not today. There's one next week for new gardeners. Oh, That's fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. So if you are a new gardener, we had a couple of people this morning on the radio show who said, you know, I've just started gardening, I'm learning about gardening. Gosh darn, you can go to a pike and get all the knowledge you need to get started anyway. That's right. New gardeners or transplanted gardeners. Yeah, sure. You know, People so it's kind of a different thing. So other parts hope everybody will be there next week, 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. All right. And if we wanted to find out where all the locations of Pike Nursery are, is at, where would we look? At pikenursery.com. Of course. Thanks, Vicki. Thank you. Bye-bye. Pike Pick, 20% off all hydrangeas. That is worth a trip to your local Pike Nursery to get some deals on hydrangeas. What a beautiful shrub. At 843, we've got uh, Craig and Winder, and Craig joins us. Hey, Craig, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Walter. How can I help? Yes, yes, sir. My wife, this early spring, planted a red banana plant, hmm. kind of like an elephant ear type plant. Yeah, sure. And uh, we know the winter's coming up and getting close, and uh, she was just curious about how to, should, should we dig it up and bring it in, or can we cut it back and cover it with plastic, or... I have not. The red bananas that I've seen, and there are a couple that are called red bananas, and I've never kept one over the winter successfully. And I've tried the, you know, cutting it back and covering it with mulch and lots and lots of of mulch on top of it. So I guess if you want to just not gamble and have one you know will survive, the answer is to wait until just before the the first freeze in the latter part of uh, October, maybe. Cut them back to about 6 inches to 12 inches high. Dig it up, put them in a big pot, and put them in a place that won't get frozen in the wintertime. Okay. That was about it. Uh, She just was – she's into tropical plants, and she she just loves them. So she's got them all over the yard. So – well, you can support your wife's and her habit with bananas and tropical plants, Greg. Dig it up, help her, put it in the house, and that's about the best you can do on bananas. And she's got some giant elephant ears, too. Hmm. About the same thing. The elephant ear have a, has a bulb, a tuber, if you will, a you know, swollen thing. And yep. that's one that some people have success getting them to come back every year, and all they do is mulch them, and other people they just die, freeze, die, gone. I don't know if it's because of how dry or wet the soil is during the wintertime, but that's what I suspect determines whether or not elephant ears survive the winter is how wet they get and how much they can tolerate in the soil where they're planted. Okay, because I've noticed that a lot of my neighbors, their elephant ears come back every yeah. and every year. Yeah. So, so go right, observe what they did and do it yourself. All right. I appreciate your help. Thank you, sir. You bet, Craig. Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. 45 minutes past the hour gives, uh, let's see, Sandy's out in Alpharetta. Sandy's turn comes up. Hey, Sandy, good morning. Hey, how are you, Walter? Fine. How can I help, Sandy? Well, I have a very sunny front yard and a shady backyard. And I first question, I got two quick questions. First, is it too late to install Bermuda, and how late can you do that? In the front yard. I have seen personally myself Bermuda that was laid the week before Christmas, and it was oh, fine. Wow. It looked great the next year. And uh, I think laying it now is no problem. Is this the goal, the, the chore that you have in front of you is simply make sure that it doesn't dry out during the wintertime. Yours, I think, is going to get enough roots on it between now and cold weather that it won't have any problem getting the uh, moisture it needs. But the one, the place where the guy had laid the uh, uh, Bermuda in the week before Christmas, he was watering in about every 
10 days or so just to keep the soil and the sod from getting dried out. And again, it came up just fine. April, it was looking 50% green. May, it was 100% green. It was just great. Oh, that's great advice. Thank you. And I have a shady backyard that's kind of big, and I would plant it with Xeon, but it's kind of pricey. And I was wondering, is there some alternative that you would suggest that either a grass or a ground cover that I could mow? Mm How much shade, how much sun does it get back there, Sandy? Well, I'm cut, I'm cutting down some big trees, so I'm not exactly sure, but the surrounding yards are all have trees in there, so it's going to be shade. And is this like a thousand square feet or a quarter acre, half an acre? How big is the area? Um, <laughs> I know that mmm sound, yeah, which says hard. I've never uh, measured it to find out what it is. I'll call it a Call it a quarter acre. Okay, that. Mm-hmm. And it's not that big. It's not that big. Uh, Eighth of an acre. It's 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 really hard to figure out what is the right thing to do without seeing what the exact number of hours of sunshine you're going to have. If you got five to six maybe hours of sunshine, I would say zoysia would be a great choice. We'll do fine back there. If you're only getting three or four. And we don't know yet what you're going to have during the growing season. It's going to be not real responsible of me to say, oh, yeah, go ahead and put uh, zoysia seed or put some Bermuda or something like that back there. Wait till the trees are all down and then do an observation for me and call me back, Sandy. Let me know how much sun it really is going to get back there. Okay. I think it should be, like, let's say it's six to eight or something, or four to six. Four to six, still right on the edge of enough or not enough. Okay. Um, Let's talk again. Give me a give me a call next Saturday, and we'll talk about it then. I'll do it. Thank you. All right, Sandy. Thanks for calling. It's eight forty eight. News Talk WSB. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News ninety five five at AM seven fifty WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News ninety five five at AM seven fifty WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves with the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update. Marked by Ackerman Security. Expect partly cloudy skies this morning, turning mostly cloudy by this afternoon. 30% chance of a scattered storm here or there. Highs reaching the low 90s and overnight more clouds, pop-up storms, lows dropping into the high 60s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And don't forget, for in-depth news coverage, remember to pick up your Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You get the coverage, plus clip-and-save coupons up to $226 in savings. It's 8.55, and Ronnie and McDonough gets a chance. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. What's hey, got? Walter, the story is last Saturday morning, me and Miss Norman picked up a... Uh, Put a chain around all the boxwoods in the front and the lower <laughs> pedlums and the and then hawthorns, and we pulled them out of the ground because yeah. they were too tall. Yeah, good. So now I want your advice on what we might plant back for that, something low-growing, low-maintenance, maybe some different colors. What do you think? Now, why did you pull the lower pedlums out? Were they just getting too leggy or what? Just, just way too tall. I mean, you, you know a lower pedlum, it'll grow a foot per night. Well, it depends on which variety, because some are very compact and don't get real wild and crazy like the old tall ones, like you say, that grow so fast there. Yeah. So are these for foundation uh, shrubs underneath the windows, or where are they in the landscape? Underneath the windows in the front. How um, high do I you have uh, to uh, be? Uh, it's pretty shady. Uh, one part, one part's not. <laughs> I've got gardenias underneath that end of my house, and the gardenia, the um, autumn 
autumn what a autumn flowering gardenia has done a great job there and it's been there for 10 years if it's been a, a day yeah i've got uh, gardenias underneath it's pretty shady and that would be one option for you what else is nice and shady you might even get one of the um, gold dust akubas because akuba is greatly very much shade tolerant and it can look real pretty and it's got these gold flecks all over the leaves and you could mix in maybe the gardenia and the uh, akuba there but i've got a lot of plant lists if you just go to my website take what run if you got a question about plants to plant in a certain space if you go to my website type in plant list that will give you all the lists of things that go real well foundation shrubs flowers etc 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 so that's what i think you should do is go to walterreeves.com type in plant lists and be thankful all the time for me being able to work with Rachel Perry, who did such a great job today screening calls. Scott Maxim chose the most eclectic mix of music you can ever find on a Saturday morning radio show. And if you didn't get your question answered this morning, go to WalterReeves.com. Otherwise, I'll see you right here next Saturday morning for another edition of Lawn and Garden.